hello and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions. And today's question is, have you ever had a dream? Have you ever had something that you really wished for that you that was sitting in the bottom of your soul that you wish you could make real and did you ever realize that the only way that you could make that dream was i don't know what like a bucket of cocaine is that like how much (laughs) that we think this original team has Uh, a bucket of cocaine and olivia newton john yeah correct yes Almost not interchangeable. No, they are. They are. <laughs> I don't know. There's a. There's a. There's a magical thing. It's a magical recipe that went into making this thing. Um, what is this thing? Um, cocaine plus Olivia Newton-John. You'd think that would give it away, but no. Uh, <laughs> we all really either of her projects could fall under that. I'd I, say. I get. No, I don't know if Greece is cocaine. It's that they were. Well, somebody was doing it's some. some sort of fever dream. Don't they? Didn't they die at the end or something? Were they they fly off. In a car into the sunset. This yeah, is I feel fair. like that was a symbol for death. I don't know. <laughs> it's very implication that they have ascended into the. I think the they drowned. Gate. I think. Yeah. I, oh, no. I think Danny never saved her. I think they drowned. Oh, I read, all like I read it's like Reddit the DMT releasing in your brain as you die. That was mm-hmm. everything. Wow. <laughs> We are, of course, not talking about Greece. We are talking, of course, about the 1980 film Xanadu, coming into the 80s, hot with Xanadu, directed by Robert Greenwald, and its subsequent 2007 musical theater adaptation of the same name, with a book by Douglas Carter Bean and music and lyrics by Jeff Lynne and John Farrar. We are, of course, joined, as always, by our, by our producer and editor, Bran Moorhead. Hello, Bran. Pew! I just, like, am coded in rotoscope neon color, and I pew! <laughs> shoot away again. That, well, oh, the effects. I'll the put e- some sound in here or something. <laughs> the effects are insane. Um, and great. joining us today, America's sweetheart. <laughs> she is an actor. She is a singer. She is a blogger. You can find her on all of the social medias. Um, she is, ooh, I don't ooh. know, an, an unprecedented legend of the entertainment uh, stratosphere. Is that yes. enough? Is that enough? Yes. I think that's that's about enough that, hype. Yeah. Is, yeah that, hype you up as much as I fucking can. Tyler exactly. Simone is here. Hi. We did it. We, we You're on the pod. I'm so I'm happy. I'm on the pod. I'm on the pod. I'm on the cast. I'm here. You, you I'm did excited. it both. Yes. I did both. Ty, Tyler's just great. Tyler, you're, I'm, I'm going to be so genuine and just say that you're like, we were in, we were in a show a few just years. Just making so many silly jokes. Yeah. Back in 2017, we were both in the ensemble of a show and we were just, but we both hit it off just because we were just making such goof em ups yeah. like every Immediately every too, because that yeah. was a short process. It was like a three-week process and yeah. we were just having a blast. Yeah. And it was, like it was lovely. Enemies from the start. Yes, honestly, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing. At, at first sight. It's a really loving antagonistic relationship, which oh, you don't absolutely. find often. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there was a time, like, I don't know if you remember this, Ben, like, 
a year later where every show I went to go see by myself, you were also there by yourself. Sure. And then we were just sitting next to each other. And it was like two weekends back to back of every show I went to go see. I would see there like, well, I guess we're sitting together. Yeah. Like, hey, hey. So... And it was a blast. And now you don't... Friends, you know, you enemies, know, occasional show day. I know. I miss that. Come back. Yeah, I know you're not in Chicago anymore, but whatever. We'll go to a I show. I know, but I'll be visiting. I My representation is still I... in Chicago. <laughs> so I'll be there. But Come to New York. I know. I, sh- I should. That's where it's at. I'll be there in two weeks. Ooh. Hey, I too will be there Ooh, in two weeks. Nice. Look me up. What a magical time. You know what? what? Uh, um, New York is not in New York or Chicago, but is actually on the West Coast in a roller disco, Xanadu. Uh, Xanadu. 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 Adele Dazim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful Adele Xanadu. Uh, so Xanadu uh, is a movie, uh, if you can call it that. It is... Well, so I like to pin my thesis at the very top of these episodes. Okay. Um, this is what I do. Uh, it's so I think Xanadu, and again, I'm curious to sort of hear folks' thoughts on the musical, which I'll we'll hopefully get to in the second half of this episode, mm-hmm. but I feel like Xanadu is the route that most film-to-stage adaptations should take. And we've covered this a few times on the podcast. Like, I think, obviously, like, a huge example was Little Shop of Horrors, where Howard mm, Ashman sure. and Alan Menken took a movie that was, in its own right, not very good, and they created yeah. what is really an earnest, beautiful piece of theater out of A legendary it. musical. Yes. And so I think... Uh, Xanadu, again, is sort of that another perfect example of, like, this is a film that, for the majority of the mainstream public, um, was despised, was panned, (laughs) was lambasted (laughs) upon its arrival on the silver screen. It is a film so legendarily bad, it literally inspired the creation of the Razzie Awards. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yes, I believe the guy who who created the Golden Raspberry Awards, the, the, the worst of the year awards for film, uh, literally like it was like a double feature of this uh and another movie uh called can't stop the music um literally went to a double feature of this and said i have to i have to create a ceremony honoring schlock like this that is how bad this film's reputation is yeah um which is bananas I mean, it's a bad movie it's well, mm, I, I know one person who will disagree with you, and their oh, name Bran. is Bran Morehead. <laughs> oh, no. Bran, I just want to say, I got to go on record about the Razzies of saying that that shit is for hateful dum-dums, yeah, the Raz- and oh, yeah, I, I will, hate it. Yeah, I was just, the so. Razzies yeah, are I dumb. Think, I was going to say, I think it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of anger <laughs> and spite to make an award show about art that you think is bad. Like, yeah. we all have, we all know art that's bad, but like, come on, people put their stuff out there. I could not imagine sure. putting their out there and then it ending up in a show where yeah. they award the worst thing. And it's and it's not even like, like, they'll nominate like Twilight for like best movie of the year. And it's like, there are films that- There will... are asylum movies exist. Like, <laughs> yes. come on. There's a whole production company yeah. devoted and, like, to and, making and they'll, like, and they'll be like, oh, uh, like Paris Hilton was in a movie. We're going to give her worst actress of the year. And it's like, it's just a dumb way to shit right. on people you don't like. Um, yeah. yeah. To have a holier than thou, like sort of attitude. It's dumb. And Tearing I don't like down, it. Yeah. Tearing down something in that manner is a way, Boo. uh, more, e- way easier to do than making anything at all and attempting exactly. to make something good. So, but so I'm like, I'm I'm on y'all. this is what I say. 
right. Like, I want to see y'all put together a movie. I want you, yeah, I want you to write a screenplay and see how good it is. Your yeah. first one out. Probably not great. Uh, yeah, again. What? But either way. But the point is that they took this thing that didn't have this reputation of, like, acclaim and, like, glamour and what have you but and they turned it into something they, they were like well let's do this let's make a new thing out of this where i feel like most of the pitfalls of the shows that we cover on here brand i'm sure you agree most of the show like the films that are being adapted already have a pretty good reputation so yeah. so it's like why adapt it it's like that's a good point like like little miss sunshine oh. like little miss sunshine like is a good movie like high fidelity is a good movie like why yeah. are we what 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 are we doing by and the little taking... miss sunshine musical missed big time oh. they did not oh I... it's uh it yeah we we already covered that it, it ain't good it ain't good yeah it's not good but okay so do you think that the only reason to adapt is if it's not already a great piece of art on its own? I would say, I mean, not entirely. I would say the only reason to adapt, well, not the only reason, a good reason to adapt something is to try and say something new. And I would say Xanadu, whether okay. the musical, whether you like it or don't like it, is saying says something new. Yeah, it's saying something new with sure. this material. Um, Absolutely. And we'll get into that. But let's talk about this film uh, that Tyler, both Tyra, Tyler and I agree. Um, isn't very good. I will yeah. like, uh, like, and I will say it's. I don't think it's like garbage. I actually think there are moments that I was like kind of inspired by. Like, not gonna lie, but yeah, I, I was I don't a lot know. of good stuff. <laughs> Five stars. I think some of the <laughs> scenes are beautiful. I think some of the costuming is great. Uh-huh. Um, I was it that um the forget about the blues crossover yeah. like rock scene. Oh, I think fun. that scene Brilliant. is so fun, and I yes. love that scene in the musical as well. But overall, yeah, it's mi- it's it's missing some stuff. Like it's like when you go back, it's like I feel like it's like one of those things where it's like you love a movie as a kid, and then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, what the hell? Like when I thought when I was a kid, I thought this was. <laughs> Like, this was the epitome. And then you go back and you're like, okay, no, no, no. I had bad taste. Okay, okay. <laughs> so so the team on this film is also kind of wild. So it was produced by this guy, Lawrence Gordon, who would go on to have, like, a bunch of hits in the 80s. He produced Predator, the first two Die Hard movies. He produces mm. Point Break. He becomes this, like, very successful uh, action direct action producer. But, like, on, on the jump, he just, like, makes that... He produces this thing. Uh, Robert Greenwald, who directed it, would uh, go on to create a bunch of investigative documentaries uh, covering... Uh, the war in Iraq, uh, Walmart, uh, Rupert Murdoch's war on journalism, Koch brothers exposed. So I, I don't know. He, he, he made this thing and then it was just like, I'm going to make films about the corruption of America. Um, I don't know where Zan, I don't know where Xanadu falls into that. From Xanadu took- to Die Hard. Maybe that'll be the name of his biopic. <laughs> Well, I think you can look at it in the classic, like in in the classic progression of psychedelia. He sure. took, this is this is the trip itself. You know, this movie is all of the visuals and the uh, good vibes, music numbers, Olivia Newton John sk- roller skating to you from heaven. And then, but by the end of his trip, he's like made a little more aware of his place in the world and the universe. And he's like, I got to go out and stop this. You know, sure. and that's what. So he's trying to make make movies exposing. You know the the evils that he's been made aware of yeah and so his he, career is just one big acid trip 
in, in, sure. the, in the best and worst ways. Absolutely. In the best and worst ways. So, yeah, so this was what? This was like two years after Greece, I believe. Correct. Uh, yeah, which, again, like, it's just like riding that Olivia Newton-John mm-hmm. wave. Um, she's... She's just being herself in this movie, right? Painfully Australian. (laughs) Just so Australian. And just so wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Like, you can't even help but love her. She's a pretty good roller skater, I guess. And a pretty good dancer. She was moving. Like, she Mm -hmm. was the way she was moving, I was like, okay. She's got some moves in her. And I will say, the choreography in this thing is pretty good. Uh, It is. One of the choreographers, Kenny Ortega who uh, would go on to do the High School Musical films. He directed, he directed Newsies. He, directed, he directs, of course, uh, the Descendants films, if anyone here uh, knows oh, yeah. the Descendants films. Yeah. Well, me being on that Gen Z millennial cusp, all of the choreography I grew up watching was Kenny Ortega. Like, it, yeah. like he influenced my entire adolescence. That's, like, all the choreography I learned growing yeah. up. It was, like, Cheetah Girls. Please. Sure. Yeah. That was my so jam. Wait, there's choreography in that George Clooney movie, The Descendants. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not. Yes, Brian. Yes, there I miss is. that. Yeah, I know that is. I will say. I, so my my wife is in like a, a a movie watching club with her friends, and they're like oscillate between like the kinds. Of, they usually just like watch bad movies. Like they watch the Fifty Shades trilogy. They watch. Sweet. Uh, they watch the Twilight movies, and then yeah, she was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna watch the Descendants," and I was like. You're, you're, you're gonna watch the Desc- the the Academy Award winning uh, Alexander Payne film, The Descendants, and she's like, "Yeah, no, the one about the 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 kids of supervillains." I was like, "Oh, oh, oh okay. sure, okay. yes." Which uh, I will gotcha. say, um, I believe in the third one, Hades is played by Cheyenne Jackson, star of The Stage hey. Xanadu. Oh yeah, and isn't Kristen Chenoweth in it too? Uh, yeah, I think she. Like, I don't know. I don't know. How much do you think? They had to write her a check for it to be in that to be in this series. Uh, of movies. Both, m- both more than she deserved and not enough. Yeah, exactly. In the same check, exactly. Um, but love Cheyenne Jackson. He really bounces between screen and stage like as he pleases. I'm, I'm, whatever he's got. You want that? Send it over here. Yeah, I want that. I'm, I'm gonna. I don't, I, I don't. I'll manifest that for you. I don't know how the hell that works. So if I like have to write a letter somewhere, and I'll just yeah. like. Well, I mean, you write that. a letter. You rip it up. You send it into the wind, Great. like Sunny did. Yes. yes. And then it's just gonna happen. <laughs> like people are just gonna pop up, and they're gonna put me. They're gonna put me on the stage. They're gonna put me in a movie. I do great. like. There are there are a lot of lines uh, that are kept for the for the stage uh, from the film, but one of them. Is, Thank yeah. God. Yeah, yes, but yeah. that's uh, I'll I, even though I do I did enjoy this movie and I I think it's a trip. Uh, <laughs> the screenplay is awful. Like, yeah, just bottom tier oh, screenplay. Yeah. Holy shit! Abysmal piece of writing. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I think the best thing that they did in the musical adaption is they gave the other muses roles like they actually yes. gave them lines i yeah. was like this this th- i mean sunny and uh kira are not interesting enough in the movie for it to only be them talking like that's <laughs> at least how i felt watching it i was like because i didn't wa- i was in xanadu i played kira and, right like, hell yeah and so i did not watch it intentionally when i in preparation sure. for the role because i was like i just want to like do mm-hmm. my thing um and so this Did was actually my Australian first time accent? watching it 
Oh yeah. Nice. I guess it's in the. I guess it's in the script. I forgot about that. Sunny Malign. Sunny Malign. And it had it. It could be bad intentionally because I would go with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, because the whole thing, yeah, it's meant to spoof her. So nobody can give you shit that way, too. Exactly, but in and out of my regular neutral accent, Australian, and then Southern. But I was so shocked. When watching it, that I was like, "Where, where are the other characters?" Like yeah. I had just assumed that well, all of these people were already like in the movie and had a big role as well. Well, I will say I watched. So I watched in preparation for this. I watched an interview with Douglas Carter Bean, who adapted the mm-hmm. the the film. Uh, he was on Theater Talk. Uh, the long, the long gone. Uh, I, I, I remember. I, I stayed up till like midnight uh, on like New York One when I lived in New York for like on like watching PBS to watch Theater Talk with uh, the the very terrible Michael Riedel hosted <laughs> uh, Theater Talk. Oh, no. But Douglas, but whatever. Douglas Carter Bean was a guest, and yeah, he literally he was, and it was it's interesting. The sort of like listening to like. He was asked many times to adapt this, and he was like, "No, I'm I'm okay. I don't think I'm gonna do this." And then, like, he would keep watching the film, and he was like, "You know, there's like stuff. There's something in there." And like, apparently, one of the big he he wanted to do a show about Greek tragedy. He wanted to like make a play with Greek characters, and he was just like so inspired by the fact that in the credits they literally say Muse Number One. Muse number two, sure. and it's like they couldn't even crack open a book to like list right. them. Then there's nine. There's only nine muses. <laughs> um, that's it. Uh, that you have. That to is just hilarious because but, they're so prominent in the musical. Yeah, well, in the movie, that's the whole thing. She's a mute. Well, shit. So in the, it's interesting. In the movie, she's she's terpiscore. The pronunciation's horrible, but she's terpsichore. Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. Thank you. You're gonna one up. You're <laughs> no, no, no. One I only know me. it. No, I only know it because my friend who played Terpsichore, we um renamed Terpsichoring because we thought Ooh, that was like a dr- nice. Their costume was just like amazing purple sequin drag, um, and so we're like Terpsichore is looking Terpsichoring. There you go. Ooh, mm-hmm. Look at you, yep. right? Little, little sauce. I like that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's the so because this is the thing. This is actually kind of based. The film Xanadu is kind of based on a movie called Down to Earth from 1947, starting okay. starring Rita Hayworth as uh, uh coming down to Earth to like get revenge on on a on a theatrical producer. Um, and so they, I don't know how that Ooh. became Xanadu, but that yeah, is. Yeah, like they went in the complete opposite direction, but I love that idea. I'd like to see that. Yeah, you can, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, I need to watch that movie now, apparently. But, yeah. uh, but then, yeah, obviously, and then also this was inspired by the, uh, the Samuel Taylor, the name Xanadu comes from the Samuel Taylor Coleridge poem, uh, Kubla Khan. Uh, yeah. Which is recited in in both versions, in both the film uh, mm-hmm. and the stage version. Um, but what? And of course, there is this iconic, uh, the sort of the missing piece of all of this is the ELO soundtrack, the Electric Light Orchestra Ooh-hoo. soundtrack, oh, which yeah. which is obviously the best part of. Uh, oh yeah, I mean both. I would say both adaptate both products. It is the best part oh, of yeah. what is happening. That music is just such good vibes. Like all, it's... yeah. I mean, ELO is just like. Just good vibes all around. Like, even yes. just, like, outside of the songs in this show, like, Mr. Blue Sky, mm-hmm. like... 
And, and That's what I was going to say is that record, uh, Out of the Blue, came out in 77. Okay. And they were like, I think it was their best performing one um, that wasn't just a single. Um, and so they were they were like riding very high at the time that they would have been in talks <laughs> to making this movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. Literally and figuratively. But um, <laughs> but then I, I think it's we, I, I, Evil Woman is probably their biggest chart topper. Sure, yeah. You know, and then they put yeah. that in the musical, which is kind of a weird choice. But um, <laughs> well, we can talk about that later. Well, very evil I women. I was disappointed <laughs> to not see it in. That was part of like my frustration, I think, with the movie, at, like n- knowing the musical as sure. Oh. Me first is like I was like where where is this music like where I, I I was looking forward to like evil woman coming in and like this whole like seeing whoever played these characters on screen um so I love that addition to the show I think it's hysterical yeah because well, so it's essentially like most of the songs are were written for the film by J- Jeff Lynne the songwriter right. of Yellow yeah. and then John Farrar was Olivia Newton John's songwriter and so mm-hmm. like any other songs that she sang um so like uh magic uh suspended in time Right. Uh, those were written by John Farrar. Um, yeah. And I think uh, I think Dancing as well was written by John Farrar. The, the sort of the the bandstand eighties what num- which is a, again like, which is I, I think that's my favorite one. number in the film. I, yeah. Like that one's just like so fun and just like the way that like those two stages sort of just like meld together is cool. so Sequence cool. Is so beautiful. It yeah. Looks really cool. Like that was that's one of those moments in those like 80 films, 80s films that I'm like, oh, I miss this. Like I miss that sort of cinematic effect because everything has to be so crisp and clean now. Um, I feel like in modern film <laughs> and you, that to have that sort of like hazy overlap. I was like, this is cool. Yes. Like this, you know, uh, kind of raw. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a great time. Um, and and also a, another actor. So outside of Olivia Newton John, uh, there aren't a lot of big. I mean, obviously there's one big actor. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, but like the other Crazy. actors, it's, uh, it is wild. So um, Sunny Sunny Malayne uh is played by uh Michael Beck, who uh, his biggest movie before this he was in The Warriors, um, yeah. which was also produced by Lawrence Gordon. Um, so obviously oh, that okay. there's that connection. Um, I he uh, is not good in this movie. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Uh, oh. which, which, I was gonna say, Brand. I feel like The Warriors is a movie that you would you might have seen, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Is he is he good in that? Do you remember him? I in mean, that? I, I I don't. I didn't look up like with who he is in that movie, sure. and I don't remember him as prominently as I remember other people. But that's a pretty big. There's a lot of people and a lot of very uh, he, he's striking like, figures in that movie. He's, he, <laughs> apparently, he's Swan, who's listed first okay. in the in the credits. So he's clearly a prominent yeah, role in the war. Yeah, okay, whatever. But yeah, he's, he's like one of the. There's you know, I mean, there's there's lots of gangs of warriors, <laughs> and he's like sort of the head one of one of them. Yeah, so, and like, I'll say so. Go watch the movie. Don't listen to me talk about I it. Know. It's great. But yeah, but it seems like his uh, his career trajectory uh, came to a screeching halt after Xanadu. He looks like the bastard son of John Malkovich and Heath Ledger. I was, yeah, d- it's Dan- just Dan- yeah, not... Danielle kept saying he looked like Heath Ledger, yeah. Uh-huh. He kind of does. 
Yeah, but he's. He can't, I mean, like again, obviously the script isn't doing him any any favors. No. no. Uh, but yeah, he's just his delivery, just all of the scenes like in that art gallery. What the? It's very spacey. Like you, it's one of those people you look at and you're like, is there anything happening behind the eyes? Like, what's going on? You good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, all, but also like all of the scenes in like the art studio with like the, t- the with like his three friends, they they're like they're like scenes from like a bad '70s sitcom. Yeah. Like, it's oh, really terrible. God. Like there's that scene. Where, like the friend is like, excuse me, you look a lot like someone I know named Sonny Malone, but he always shows up late. But you're here early. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. terrible. All of those scenes could have gone for me. <laughs> yeah. What a great job for a painter. Yeah. Like, I would say that's oh, a great cool. job. You just get to blow up like things that are already done and you get paid for this. Yeah. Mm, it was very dreamy. clear why he was so unhappy. Honestly, I was like, I mean, <laughs> I'm happy they fixed that in the musical script because I was like, well, you kind of got this really dope job, dude. Like, what's going on? Yeah. What? Are it, we not? It, we're not thriving. Okay. It, it kind of sucks. Uh, but then, yeah. I'll be, yeah. So there aren't really like a lot of other huge names in this cast, except for, of course, inexplicably, Gene Kelly in his final feature <laughs> film role. I cannot. Before he passed, on, he like he lived for another sixteen years. But after this, he's just like. I'm not, not gonna doing make, that again. I'm okay. Honestly, he probably watched himself and was like, "Who? What was I on drugs when I said yes to this? Why? Like, why?" <laughs> oh, I think he's charming in it. Oh, that's the thing. I, so yeah. handsome still. And oh, great so moves. Hands- so handsome and charming, but I'm sure after the way it was ragged on, he was like, sure. "Okay, well now I should bow out gracefully because I, if, I, if I were him, I would have needed one redemption film." And that's the thing. <laughs> he, yeah, this is true. Well, he he ends up. Do- I think his final like film credit is he does the choreography for Cats Don't Dance. Oh, I think yeah. I think that is his okay. final thing that he does before he shuffled off this mortal coil. Uh, oh. But he is he is very good in this movie. Like he. <laughs> He can dance like the best of them. He is wherever. And just when, so handsome and dapper me. still. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He and like moving the way trauma. he does. Yeah. Oh. I'm trying to age like him. Who was it? Him and then like Dick Van Dyke, who also sure. just like was still, still moving. It. Was it Mary Poppins Returns? He like got up and started dancing on the desk and I just sobbed. I just, I just could not stop crying like uncontrollably. And my family was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, Dick Van Dyke is 120 years old. He's dancing and he's just moving along. This is so beautiful. You're not, you're not wrong. Tyler, you're not wrong. Um, but, but, and I love, uh, yeah, of course the film opens like all great films do with Gene Kelly playing c- clarinet by the Pacific Ocean. Uh, <laughs> just masterful. Um, but and actually it opens with like the opening credits is like, it's like the Universal logo. And then it's like, the plane flying around and then the plane turns into a UFO. Very cool. <laughs> it's cool. I love that model thing. It's weird, it's weird no, as shit. The model's cool, but it's like this movie doesn't have anything to do anything with to aliens. Do with aliens. <laughs> like, not a thing. You know what would have been nice? Like a little Pegasus and like sure. a carrot floating through the sky. Like, it just. <laughs> this, no I sense. mean, yeah, this, this film wants nothing to do with Greek mythology. It wants absolutely not nothing. Like, even when they mm-hmm. go to like Olympus, it like. Zeus is like absence. They're just in like some weird like neon zone yeah. at the end of the film. Like they want nothing to do with it. Um, oh yeah. But no, yeah. The line that they kept for the stage version is when yeah, Sonny Maline is uh, ripping up <laughs> his uh, his art, and he's like, "What the hell? 
guys like me shouldn't dream anyway. And then he throws his art away. Amazing. And they keep that moment for the stage. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, also, where did the other muses go? <laughs> what are they up to? Like, what are they doing? Yeah. Isn't Kira supposed to be, like, the head muse? Shouldn't they be helping her out? Like, they just abandoned her. They were like, bye, sis. You got this. And she's got, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. They're inspiring other dreams somewhere. Yeah, what the, again, what the hell yeah, are they I doing? Spin off. I want a spinoff about what the other muses were doing. I, I'm I, here for it. Two. Listen, Xana two. We're already mining. Xana two. Xana two. Xana two. Oh. Mm. God, that's good. Listen, we're already mining all of our fucking contents. Like, we might as well go back to Xanadu and just do it again. Xanadu I mean, and all why over not? again. Xanadu. 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 Well, that is a musical. You, do you know about Xanadu? Yeah. Oh my god, it is. It is a musical. Is it about Xanadu? So, no, don't. It actually has nothing. I think there are there are some people on roller skates in parts of it, but no, don't is a musical about... We all, this was in like the mid-2000s. I think it's been rewritten, but in, this was in the mid-2000s. We all know that most people in the world are straight, right? Ah. Well, what if... Right, well, sure. Well, I say this right. in heavy quotes. Yes, heavy uh, quotes. But what if we're, there are a world where most people in the world were gay? What if this was a... Uh, uh, that is not what this musical is about. Are you kidding? This is a world where everyone is gay, and what happens when a man and a woman fall in love? Oh and then God. heterophobia finds them, and it, this is this is Xanadont. This is Xanadont. The straight agenda. <laughs> it's the straight, straight agenda. agenda. That's what it is. Um, this, it's like is it that... like the fox and the hound. You know, is that sort of how it's set up? <laughs> no, like, sure, that is sure. Insane. Um, and then a big a big bear comes at the end, and the girl and the guy have to work together to defeat him. No, there you go. no, no. There's a main character who's no, no. There's a character who is a fairy whose name is Xana, and he's like the Cupid of the universe, and he's like helping people fall in love. And it, he, it's such, it's oh such a strange. God. It is such a strange. Who greenlit a musical about heterophobia? Again, this was the early. To, <laughs> this was the early to mid two thousands. Um, again, again, no excuse, but no. like. Oh my God. Uh, this is like it's stuff like that that reminds me I'm like oh yeah we live in hell like the pits <laughs> the pits okay like, this is why worst country on earth this is why this is why we need kink at pride fellas <laughs> because, yeah, oh my god yeah because, the discourse because Xana don't is a musical that was written <laughs> I'm gonna rewrite this but it's gonna be about what happens when white people are the minority oh, and um, two white people you, get together. You know, you know that there ah. are, I think there are like 12 Spicy. like YA novels that already have that premise. Oh, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. I'm oh, so God. sure. Like, oh, we're surrounded by POC everywhere. This is insane. <laughs> Is it Xana, comma, don't? Is, it, yeah. is there a comma in the... Yes, okay, cool. It's Zana- well, grammatically, I'm here for it. <laughs> like, Xana! And that is a line... Xana, don't! That, that, is a li- that is a line in the musical. I, uh-huh. I, so I assistant directed this in college. Um, oh! Yeah, so this is why I have an intimate knowledge of this fucking show. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, yes. Um, yes, anyway. Uh, and, and there was a line where they say, Xana, don't. And... 
I could I had to hold in my laughter because it's supposed to be a very sincere moment in the show, and I was just like, no. <laughs> No, we can't. What are we doing? Okay, I do have a sweet spot for shows that say the title in the show at some point. Oh, sure, I like, love it. Sure. I, I I'll will cheer. find anywhere. <laughs> yes, I'll che- I think it's hilarious. Like when I was in Sister Act, I couldn't wait to say, I couldn't wait to sing Sister Act and say sure. Sister Act. Sure. Just like, and I was trying to find a way to put it in every show that I'm in. Just like maybe I'll <laughs> improv it on stage. Because I just think it's so funny. You should do that. You should like this. You should, that should be in your contract going forward. Yeah, like, every I show must you do. say the name of the show in this show or else I simply cannot go on. <laughs> uh, anyway, Xanadu. Well, Back to Xanadu. Um, so, yeah. So, Olivia Newton-John is... Uh, is Kira, uh, or uh, this mysterious Kira. muse who is going to inspire Sonny, and she appears on this album cover, um, and he's like, who is this woman? And she essentially, like, leads her him to this, like, abandoned auditorium. Well, and- first we have that amazing opening number sequence where they're just, like, pewing around the city. Oh, sure, And yes. she pew! On her her uh, uh, roller <laughs> skates, right into his back and kisses him, yes. and then rolls away, and then he sees her on the album cover, and he's like, "What the hell?" Yeah, so this is this is to I'm alive, of course. Yes. Yeah, all that mm-hmm. told me was like the way to get a man to fall in love with you is to just roller skate into him, play at one, and then be like, hmm, "Hope he finds me." Yeah, like yeah, got it. Yeah, well, uh, physically that, assault them. That's also, good yeah, <laughs> exactly. I gotta exactly. say, I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, the scene transitions in this film are are insane unhinged where it's it's like the so it's like the screen like flips like it's a fucking like powerpoint and it goes like the uh deranged uh deranged Mm -hmm. pieces of filmmaking um and it's i don't know i'm i don't know how i feel about it I mean, it's was, so manic, but mm-hmm. I was like, I'm kind of into it. I was like, this is like the inner workings of my mind. At least now <laughs> I know somebody else is thinking like this. <laughs> it was the latest in wipe technology at the time. Right. You know, yes. They had to use it. Well, this was like a few years after uh, Star Wars, right? Which really sort of like revolutionized oh, yeah. screen wipe technology. <laughs> but that looks old. I mean, yeah, that's like old style. And this was like, but what if we did it in the 80s? <laughs> yes. This is definitely... Checkerboard! I mean, it is it is so funny because, like, obviously this came out in the first year of the 80s, and it feels so indicative of just what the era Set would the be. Tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. truly. Right. It's like, so was there roller skating because of Xanadu? Well, I mean, roller discos were like a thing, yes? Yeah, because, like, roller disco started in, what, 60s, 70s? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, disco, <laughs> like, like discos were a thing of the 70s, so I would imagine yeah. that, that, like, I mean, when I don't know. When did Starlight Express come out in relation to Great this? Great Exactly question. what I was going to ask, too. Very good question. Let's do some real-time dramaturgy, and I can find out exactly... I had a friend's mom say that she was not impressed by Starlight Express because she was like, yeah, it was the 80s. Everyone could do that. Motherfucker, Starlight Starlight Express came out in 1984. Way later. Way later. Yeah, they're behind on the trend. See, ALW liked this movie. (laughs) He did? (laughs) I mean, he is name dropped in the stage show. Uh, is he? Oh, oh wow. that's right. Yeah. I missed that. Yes, he's, uh, I'll, I'll just bring up the line, uh, Gosh, what is it? Uh, Kira, 
our wonderful uh, Kira, I love saying it like Android that. Weber. Yes, exactly. Uh, what is it? It's like she's like, oh, what is the phrase for something that is so grand and so oh, yeah. earnest? And then someone goes, ultima- Android Weber? Yes. <laughs> something so grand and so earnest, yet ultimately so preposterous that one has to laugh. And one of the other muses is like, Andrew Lloyd Webber? <laughs> she's like, yes, this makes me feel so Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, that's, yes. that's comedy for you. Uh, Komarai, as com- I said it so much in the show. Komarai. <laughs> <laughs> Komarai. You got, you're, you're, I gotta say, uh, your Australian accent, Tyler, really good. <laughs> Just so I have a best, Well, the so funny thing is, good. I have a best friend whose parents are Australian. Like, she is Australian. Ah. And I was like, can you record your parents talking and send it to me, please? <laughs> in my study for the show. Because I had a dialect coach. Our director was a dialect coach. And Great. so he had me, he was working with me privately. And he was like, I mean, it doesn't have to be amazing, but I do want it to sound yeah. like you know what you're doing. And so I had him, and then I had my friend's parents and just recordings I was listening to all the time. <laughs> um, so also, there are so many, there are so many, uh, for, like ridiculous uh like side characters there's like uh the woman he's like hey like can i borrow your bike he's like yeah here you as go long as you bring it back. Yeah, Love as long it. As you bring it back and they replicate that for the stage also someone who they don't bring to the stage well, her, her moped yeah. thank you very much oh, second moped in three episodes my god yeah you love your <laughs> brand brand you love bringing up mopeds oh yeah moped may <laughs> it so is we're recording this may. <laughs> It's not a real thing. Um, no, but also, not. can we talk about Big Al who gives him a ride and then it's just like left and doesn't come back for the rest of the movie. This... Oh, the guy in the, the van, the <laughs> yes. sweet painted van. That's so bizarre. Then I think he painted that van. Yeah, that's what it Su- sounds Sonny, like. Sonny painted the van and he's like, can you give okay. me a ride? He's like, well, I'm going east, but you got to go west, but I'll give you a ride. Uh, and he just... just holds on with his roller skates behind the van. It's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> Just incredible. I know it is. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of white nonsense happening in both properties. I gotta say, we'll oh, get into sure. we'll get into how it plays out in the musical. But yes, definitely, definitely. Listen, the eighties. I mean, the the todays, if you will. Um, the always, the forever. It's bad. Exactly. It's bad. Um, well, now Xanadu is my only impression of the eighties. I have no. I wasn't there. So now. <laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, so they it fu- was this until it was Back to the Future, and then it was Back to the Future okay. until it was like I don't know Back Jurassic Park. To the Future is my jam. Oh yeah, five years after this. Oh, I love the Back to that's, the Future. That's like how many my are there? 80s. Four, three, three, three. It's yeah, a trilogy, three. classic trilogy. Yes. Uh, you know they're turning that into a musical. <gasps> oh, I will. I'll be in line. I'll be there on opening it's, night. It's, it's, it's going to be on the West End first. Um, it's being adapted by the writers of the movie. It's being adapted by Robert okay, Zemeckis. Okay, so maybe the integrity would be there. It's Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale and Alan Silvestri, who did the music for the movie, is doing the music for the songs on stage. Okay, so they're what using are your the thoughts Huey... about that though? What's up? Because I know, I know you just said that you're like iffy about like things being adapted. So what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I, I'm still iffy about it. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I, 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 I Bob Gale is, 
Bob Gale is weirdly protective of that property. Yes. He yeah. wrote the cart on the cartoon show for yeah. a year, like the three years it was out too. You know. Yeah. Now he he like uh, Robert Zemeckis. Obviously, he went. Oh, Jesus Christ! Robert Zemeckis like went on to like have his own career. He made fucking Forrest Gump and Castaway and all that. Um, and but Bob Gale was just like, I will be the holder of the back to the. Future legacy, like it all goes through me. You can't do anything that has to do with Back to the Future unless you go through Mr. Gale right here. Um, it's fascinating. Well, I kind of love that because I feel like a lot of people are used to now watching their work kind of go just awry after they, yeah, um, after they go away. I think it would be funny though if Michael J. Fox played the professor, the the sure, yeah, like he's aged into it now. Like, how fun. So, How fun could that be? <laughs> I, I forget who the actress who's playing Marty McFly, but Doc Brown is played by Roger Bart in the West End production that's about to happen. Okay. Um, which is a... Ch- uh, maybe he's good. I don't know. I don't know what songs Doc Brown is going to sing in no. a Back to the Future musical. I need the to Libyans are mad at me. I'm sitting here... I need to rewatch it now because I'm sitting here trying to think of like what female roles were in the show. Uh, and the, the mom. I will be on the phone with my agents tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the mom. <laughs> like, yeah, hi. The, the young mom. Get yeah. Me in this. <laughs> yes. Um, the young mom of Marty McFly. Um, but enough about that 80s movie. Back to this. <laughs> There's a clear, a much better 80s movie, if you ask <laughs> me. Uh, a much more influential. Uh, but no, so then we get, yeah, so Fred, uh, Fred, Jesus Christ. So Gene Kelly uh, arrives back on the scene as Danny Maguire, and he's got this, he's like this, like, very, very rich individual, and he eventually, like, I don't want to go through this whole fucking movie, because they scrap most of it for the stage show anyway. They keep, like, they keep the bones of it, of just, like, Danny and Sonny wanting to, like, turn this abandoned auditorium into this, like, luxury palace of the arts, um, which they do. But, yeah, you sort of find... Around a disco, mate. Uh, but then, yeah, you sort of have this, like, concept that, like, Kira, uh, was a muse back in Danny's younger days and was his inspiration. He used to be this, like, big clarinet player back in the army days. They have this very lovely sort of old school song, Whenever You're Away, Whenever You're Away From Me. Um, I do, and then, I'm just going through the songs. Uh, Suddenly is, like, a deranged piece of, like, visual storytelling. <laughs> that, that is the, an amazing piece. They're just, are, are they, like, on, like, a, a back lot? Like, they're just, like, going through, like, they're, like, on, like, the... They're on, like, the roof of a building in West Side Story, essentially. Uh, and then they, like, go into, like, an oasis. Uh, oh, yeah. This He says they're, they are somewhere right before that, doesn't he? <laughs> She's like, push all the buttons and we'll figure it out. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't. Because then his boss is mad. What? Is it like a, <laughs> a, a, a holodeck in their <laughs> painting studio? It's so weird. And then they're, like, in the rain. It's so weird. It's like, and, like, the things come out and, yeah, bizarre. <laughs> The train, that train is just behind yes. him and is about to kill them Where and then a bunch of scene. Bizarre. I love it. I love it. It's like, who cares? It's a musical number. I That's know. the biggest lesson that like most modern musical things could learn is who cares? It's a musical well, number. Well, no, like, you yeah, know? If, you exactly. can, if you can get, if you can have the audacity to create 
of moment of visual storytelling like that, sure. We just don't see that a lot these yeah. days. You're absolutely oh, right. Oh, and it's completely deranged. Yes. And that's why I like it. I, well, <laughs> I was actually, you know, I don't know what's more. There are a lot of deranged numbers all around the world as sort of like the makeover, 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 oh, yeah. makeover section. It's giving, um, <laughs> what is it, the fashion sequence in like every, every yes. Mi- yes. like coming of age movie. But it's but it's just, we're going to make over this whole space. Yeah, what, have and you, yeah, have either of you seen Clone High, the animated show Clone mm-hmm. High? Uh, there's a, there's an episode of that show where it's literally like every five minutes, two different characters go into a make. They they do that sequence, and it's just them singing like makeover, 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 uh. makeover. <laughs> um, it's very silly. Uh, but yeah, in this film, it, it is uh, deranged as well. This, that's the word I'm just gonna keep fucking pulling out. They, they have that crazy line to lead into it. She's like, we need. Little, be a little more glintzy. Where can we get glints? At a franchise glints dealer, of course. <laughs> and the song starts. What the fuck? That is so crazy. Yeah, there's just zero transitions. It's no. just yes. from yes. one thing to the but, next. And then, but then, next track. But then before this, exactly. you of course get Don't Walk Away in an animated sequence. That no. really blew me. No. I was like, yes. what? is going on here that was really when i was like did i take something now did of I? course yeah. the buried lead of this whole thing is not only is it an animated sequence where they are these magical tiny creatures uh sunny sunny malign and kira who are erupt from a rose and then turn into fish and then turn into birds but of course this sequence was animated by don bluth who we have previously covered on this show because of anastasia <laughs> this was like one Wait, of his... he animated Anastasia? Yes, he was the director yeah. of Anastasia. This is this is all like Tyler, Tyler. Don... I want to I want to see everyone's billing. Tyler, this, Tyler. This Don product. Bluth, Don Bluth was working at Disney. He animates this inexplicably, this sequence, and then he goes on to direct like an American Tale, The Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, that movie, another one. Honestly, that could be turned into a musical. But yeah. Li- um, yeah, All Dogs Go to Heaven used to scare the shit out of me. Though oh, that yeah. scene where he's like getting dragged to hell. Who let a kid watch that? that uh, your par- your parents apparently. <laughs> my parents. Uh, yes. No, no care for my well being at all. They were like, "Yeah, kid, it says it says it's animated. Watch it." <laughs> also, like I don't know. Like I feel like the title implicit, like it implies animals are going to die and go into a place after they die. Like it yeah, is in the title. <laughs> they're probably like, we don't want to explain mortality to her, so we'll get into this movie. Mm. <laughs> and, and she'll just figure it out from there. And I remember being in my room being like, this is a horrifying movie and now I'm going to have nightmares. Yes. Like, what's going on? But, yeah. but to think that this person just animated this entire scene for this for Xanadu yeah. like I want to see how much money was spent on this film because I just know like the I'll, billing I'll, I'll tell you, be- $20 million. Uh, well, uh, uh, not then. No, yeah, say, not then. Not really. No, no way in the eighties was twenty mil cheap. Um, but For, yeah, and it only made twenty three million. Like it barely okay. made barely back squeaked. Budget. Yeah, uh, but either way, but yeah, this and that so sequence... everyone got paid one stipend. <laughs> Yeah. One, I wonder if they one storefront wonder... theater stipend. Yeah, Jesus Christ! 
I wonder if they counted soundtrack sales in what it made, because sure. I promise you that record went platinum. That, the rec- yeah, it was a very, very, very popular record. Um, no no lies about that. Um, I have my mom's copy. Oh, wow. Well, and I would also imagine the royalties from the soundtrack as yeah. well, because yeah. there are oh, yeah. lots of productions of Xanadu happening. Like I know. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. yeah now all the time. The so oh, like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. The musical is really easy to put up. Absolutely. Yeah, really easy to put up. I mean, in the royalties for the original cast or, or the original yellow album, and then um, the original Broadway cast mm-hmm. have probably got to be crazy because I mean, I was listening to that stuff on repeat when I was trying to like absorb it. Yeah. And I could imagine like any production that's, I feel like it's a production that goes up pretty often, too. You know what they should have kept for the stage adaptation? Gene Kelly in the pinball machine. That would have been a great <laughs> moment to replicate on stage. Oh, that is insane! <laughs> it was like, fans come out? It's so bizarre. And the lighting, the like the sparkle lights that done in the after effect or like in post-production so bizarre but then like what and then i but i even forget like why does kira like go back again is it just that like she can't fall in love and so she's like I sort can't. of the same thing in the musical yeah. yeah she's not allowed to fall in love so yeah they're like huh but yeah, so she's a, but yeah, she's a she's a muse, and so she has to go back. Um, there's another line. I think it's Sunny talking with Danny, and uh, I think uh, Danny's like, "Dreams die, but they don't buy, die by themselves. We kill them, kill them." Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so, and I was like, again, like another sort of thing I'll pin is like, I think this film. Again, maybe it was just like a fever dream of like early late seventies, early eighties, like cocaine mm-hmm. fever. Yeah. But like, I feel like they wanted to try and say something powerful about the artistic experience, and they don't, obviously, uh, in my yeah. estimation. And I think they do get closer to that a little bit, at least more earnestly in the stage adaptation. Like it feels like they actually earnestly want to use that stage show to say something about art and the power right. of creation. Um, but it completely misses in the. <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah like no no question Heavily. about that oh um, yeah also sunny sunny scanning around during uh the fall which i i love that's one of my favorite songs in the show and honestly it's such a bop he's wearing yeah. very short shorts he is yeah. the shortest Listen. of shorts i like that like hawaiian red skinny little shirt he's got on <laughs> yes too. good look a lot of good looks in this movie yeah a lot of good costumes oh, yeah, the costume design was great Yes, but Olivia Newton-John's is like the worst of the whole movie. It's really yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. She has some amazing outfits, especially in Xanadu when she has 25 different looks. My God, look, but, listen, listen. <laughs> but that like sack that she's wearing for most of the movies is not great. Yeah. yeah. They did my girl dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you are you a big are you an Olivia Newton-John fan? I enjoy the occasional let's get physical while I'm on the treadmill. Sure. <laughs> I enjoy, um, what is it? Grease. I like some of her music. I'm not like a diehard, sure. but I, you know, did a little bit more research when I was doing the show and I was like, she's a cool lady. She kind of just like stays out of what's happening and keeps her mouth shut. I'm like, I think that's all you can ask for yeah. like a middle-aged white woman. Honestly, <laughs> like, sure. I think that's all you can ask for. So in my book, yeah. she's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong. Um, but then, yeah. So Sonny finds the mural. He races into it. And now, yeah, he's into this, like, that's where he dies in this one. Instead of grease, they drown. The rest of yeah. this movie is his just br- head splattered well, against that wall. 
in the musical, he's getting ready to jump and she stops him. It's true. Like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's how the musical, that's how they meet in the musical. It's like, okay. she's there to stop him from like killing himself. So that's the other reason. I was like, where did they just throw that in? Yeah. Like what was the inspo behind that? Since that's not from the movie. Nope. They're just like, he's, he's she's got to literally save him. Like both his yeah. art and his life, I suppose. Um, yeah. But no, so Kira is sad and she sings uh, Suspended in Time and uh, she sings it so beautifully that Zeus decides to free Kira <laughs> from Neon Olympus. Um, and let me tell you, that song is not easy. No. That, I believe it. You know, I was belting for the gods. Literally. <laughs> I mean, literally. I you go, yeah. Literally. All of them. All of them. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, jokes. We got jokes. We got a whole. We pan- got jokes We got a here. whole pantheon of hey, jokes. Hey, I was um, waiting on that. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but Xanadu is open. The club is open. You got mimes juggling bowling pins. You got a fountain. You got, you got roll- feather fans. You got feather uh-huh. fans. You got gangsters like like old school like 1930s style <laughs> yeah. gangsters go-go dances just a lot of cross-cultural references just, that were not long in the 80s no. but here they are but there's there's some really fun choreography just in the whole xanadu sequence sure like mm-hmm. no question and the, but then they like break out into singing fool and then she's dressed up as a cowboy um it's yeah it's so strange right. the put it Putting fool at the end of the movie made not not a single amount. Well, I'm of sure, sense. like also especially like just knowing its placement in the show as well. Yeah, like it's yeah, it makes not a lot of a lick of sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I it made me happy. Like I'm happy I watched the movie, but I'm happy I watched it not in any research for what I was doing. Nice. <laughs> I think I just would have been confused. I think I would have shown up for my first rehearsal like, so... Uh, yeah, so what the fuck are we doing What the here? fuck are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you asking of me? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so Xanadu's open, and then, uh, of course, Kira finishes a reprise of Xanadu, and then in a bright yellow light, shoots up back into the heavens. And Sonny's just like... Well, I guess she's gone. (laughs) And then just walks off dejected. (laughs) Um, Wait, where's the love story? But well then but then like this a server comes back like to give him a drink and but wait. She looks (laughs) question mark. Yeah, I know. It's just like uh, She doesn't seem to know that (laughs) who he is, so maybe it's just a person who looks like her. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. And then it just like like, the lights go out and the credits roll. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So my thought was like maybe, maybe in order to stay, she had to like have her memory wiped or something along those lines. It was like a deal. I don't know. It was like some um Ursula type thing, except for with instead of voice, it was like, well, you're gonna go back. I guess fall in love with this person naturally, with no musy which you will. I don't know. It's a pretty short movie. I wonder if there's it's a like, bunch of shit cut it's out. Ninety and minutes. It could have been yeah. shorter. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, so yeah. So like we said, uh, the movie was a critical bomb. Uh, uh, just a complete audience. Like, no, thank you. Uh, Xanadu. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Robert Greenwald was the first ever director to win the Razzie Award for Worst Director. Um, Xanadu did not win Worst Film, though. It went to the other film in this uh, famed double feature that inspired the awards, Can't Stop the Music. Um, A movie I've never heard of. Um, Yeah, I don't know that one. It stars the village people. (laughs) 
I'm just, oh, like, well, now I've got to see it. Like literally, yeah. like literally, like when I went to the Wikipedia page, the first credited actors are village people. Oh goodness, gotta see That's it. Hilarious. Gotta gotta see it. Yeah, now we've got to see it. Um, but now of course we got to talk about Xanadu, the 2007 stage show. So yes, it they I don't know some ridiculous producer said, hey. Here's this terrible movie. But After like, yet another bucket of it. cocaine. Yes, exactly. Right. Another bucket. But again, no, I mean, again, like it was this thing where like. A couple shrooms later. It, yeah. it became this like cult. It had this cult following. Like like most campy, silly things from the 80s and other eras do. Right. Because when was Little Shop? Because Little Shop has also a really well, big cult following. Well, Little Shop, because mm-hmm. the Little, Little Shop movie was 1960 and then it was adapted, tw- yeah, like 20 years later. So this was like <laughs> 25, 26 years later. Um, they were just like, yeah, okay, well, people like this movie. They are like, like they love the songs. There's like something to it. Is there a few, like, how can we monetize this? How can we right. find a way to make money off of people's love of this thing? And then, yeah, so they're like, hey, Douglas Carter Bean, you, you write these, you write these, you're a famously campy writer. You are, like, unafraid of embracing camp and embracing your own queerness on stage. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do you want to do this show? Like, he just. And that's yeah. a show where camp works. I love campy musicals. Yeah. I think, like, like, I, um, I love he- like Heather's. Heather's yeah. is a camp musical, great. and I yes. think it's so good. And it was another one of those cult classics mu- movies, which is like mm-hmm. it's not the best film, but it's so good on stage. Um, and I like the fact that they make fun of the movie in the musical. Sure. Like her, one of her first lines, when she's like, "I'm just gonna put an Aus- put on an Australian accent. That's how I'm gonna disguise myself," mm-hmm. because they had to make sense of Olivia Newton-John being the only Australian person sure. on this freaking like was San Francisco, San Diego, one of the Sands Beach. <laughs> yes, where, where, yeah, where the hell is it again? Santa Monica. I... It's something. It's something it's in California. A beach. It's a beach. It's a beach. Um, it's a pier. It's a beach. It's a pier. It's a beach. It's whatever you want it to be. It's a bird. Um, it's a plane. Um, no, no, it's no, 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 of course it's Venice. It's right. Oh, right. That's the Venice whole thing. Beach. Like it's, yes. Ven- it's, it's Venice. Um, yes, because in the beginning she does this whole monologue about being in Venice, and she's like, "Oh, ancient Rome," and you know all this stuff. And they're like, "No, no, yeah. no, 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 baby, no, we're Venice not in Beach. we're not in that Venice. Yes. We're in this Venice." But yeah, so, but yeah, so Douglas Carter Bean, who recently had a hit on Broadway, he wrote this play, "The Little Dog Left." Um, he would go on to write "The Nance." Uh, he's yeah, he's a a prolific, if you will, uh, New York playwright. Um, and so, yeah, he's, his in was the Greek mythology of it all. He's like, he wanted to do a play uh, based on Greek myths. Um, and this this kind of fit the bill. Um, so, and he was really inspired by Clash of the Titans, the, the classic Ray Harryhausen uh, Clash of the Titans film, um, which obviously is referenced a lot later in the show. Um, when you have, again, the whole pantheon of Greek characters show up for mm-hmm. Have You Ever Been Mellow? Have You Never Been Mellow, rather? Um, and so, yes. And he was... I, I feel like he had these, like, lo- he had these lofty, ambitious goals where he was like, you know, like, I want... And you can see it in the original Broadway production, right? It's like, I want it to be, like, this amphitheater style where we have the audience on stage and it's, like, very minimal, like, going back to, like, the da- the the traditions of Greek theater where it's, like, minimal mm-hmm. props and a minimal set and, like, this chorus speaking in unison. And But it's also, like... But we're also, like, we're, we're fucking doing Xanadu. Like, we're not gonna be, like... We're gonna, like, admit okay. that we're fucking doing 
being a, a musical theater adaptation of Xanadu. And um, that's what makes it so good. Yeah. I also realized, uh, Bran, this is technically the first jukebox musical that we've covered on the I podcast. I thought about that too, Hey-o. yeah. Yeah, which is, again, its own ridiculous bag of worms. Because, yeah, not only, not only are you adapting a, a stage story to the to the uh, film story to the stage rather you are taking uh songs out of their original content and obviously these songs were written most of them were written for the film um mm-hmm. and they were like a lot of them are still kept for the moments that they were made for in the film right like stuff like i'm alive and xanadu and whenever you're away from me but then yeah you have stuff like evil woman which of course they mm-hmm. they now have these villainous characters of mel pemini and, Cal- and uh, calliope um mm-hmm. played and again like i don't like to get into production stuff but like mary testa and jack I was going to say, I think, I think they put that song in there because they were like, there's no way we can have these like comedic legends yes. on stage and not give them a song. Like, yes. you know, what a waste of yeah. Mary Tessa and Jackie Hoffman. Yeah. Who are just like iconic uh, actors in their own right. It's and I was, so I, I was able to see this when it was in New York and it was just like, so funny. And they're just like, uh, you saw it with the original cast. Sure did. Sure did. Um, and Amazing. they crushed it. Um, and it was, it was a hoot. It was a hoot. It was an absolute hoot. Um, yeah. It's just like ridiculous fun, uh, just like campy nonsense. Um, yeah, I was... remember wanting to see it when it was on tour with Elizabeth Stanley. Yeah, and um, there was a production I here a few it. years ago uh, at American Theater, American yeah. Theater Company. Yeah, wasn't it um, Landry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild Time. Um, yeah, it was uh, also like, I think it was staged in the round, um, which is very fun. That's Again, that's, yes. again like if nothing else, like, the fact, like, the way that they crafted this show is, yeah, like, you were sort of saying, Tyler, it's very easy to put up, because it is written, like, they have, like, establishing lines in each scene, like, like, yeah, like, when Sonny's, like, trying to kill himself, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. why are you trying to jump off the scene of Monica Pier? Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like, these, like, really easy, just, like, ways to, like, assa- it's kind of the Heathers thing as well, like, that's what they said in the, the writers yes. of Heathers said, like, we want it to be a show that can be put up easily without having to spend a lot of money on set design so we're gonna make sure in the script that you have these moments yeah you have these moments in the script where they're just like really obvious about where you are setting the scene so you don't have to worry about having elaborate set design and it makes it so funny too for the audience to just be like okay this is where we are like you can build one set piece and i'm telling you we're in santa monica and i'm telling you we're here and i'm telling you we're in the 80s or then the the 60s and during whatever you're away from me one of those two um and then yeah it's it's hilarious like i remember being like why is this funny because like i like the way my director would have me be like, we're here. And I was like, why is this funny? Why is this funny? Oh, because we have no set. That's mm-hmm. why. <laughs> like, yeah. And then even the costumes of like the Clash of the Titan costumes, yeah. like how it's in the stage directions for them to um, dress themselves on stage as these like Cyclops sees and yes. centaurs and just all of these characters and it's like it's supposed to look janky like yeah. it's just supposed to look like a community theater production and that's what makes it hilarious. I think what's what's also nice, like I sort of said about sort of what I think is earnest and and in my in my estimation really charming about the show is that it is really good about sort of like acknowledging like we want to 
it's it, it's acknowledging what it is. It is acknowledging like, hey, we are taking a movie that people didn't like, and we're trying to make art out of it. And it's like as mm-hmm. long and like 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 they say at the end of the show, we're in one of the many title drops in the show. Like if you're doing something with someone you love and you're making art, that is your Xanadu. That is your paradise. Like that is that that's what it is at the end of the day. And I think that's sort oh, of like absolutely. again like among the camp silliness of it all, I think there is something. Just like on my sort of re-listening and reading the script, there is something really earnest about like, hey, like this is fun. Like we are we are taking something that people did not like and we are having fun with it. And there is something like beautiful. Like it we uh we talk about this on our Evil Dead episode as well, just like and even like on a little Chop of Horrors episode, we this this comes up a lot, sort of just like the artistic pursuit of just like doing something. Just like mm-hmm. wanting to just like make art yeah. for the sake of making art, just to get something out there. And I think that's kind of an embedded thesis in the Xanadu stage show as well. It's like, look, we know this we know this is based on a bad movie, but we're having fun with it. Like I don't know. Yeah. There's something nice to that. I think being able to laugh at yourself is just like the biggest thing. Yeah. And everyone i feel like if you're doing xanadu like you just got to be able to be like this is hilarious and like i am just going to do ridiculous things for the sake of it being ridiculous which i is not a thing you get to do a lot in musical theater because everything has to be so earnest a lot of the time it's like they say it's children's theater for 40 year old gay people oh absolutely I, listen, I've never been in a show where they were like, where I like, you know, like come in with my list of bits because I rarely get to d- be funny. Um, Which I will say, I will say on record, that's a crime. It is li- like, oh, how dare the theatrical producers of the American theater not let Tyler Simone be funny on stage? I'm calling you. for a boycott. I was, told, <laughs> I was told repeatedly in college that I was not going to be cast in funny roles which is so you are like easily one of the funniest people i know so well thank you it's maniacal like we just see but you know i also you know white musical theater programs they're like we're just like like the sassy um person or you look really doe-eyed and i was like okay so being black and having big eyes two things that just like really really didn't serve me i guess (laughs) um but i like came in with like my list of bits and i was you know ready for them to be like no 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 but they were like (laughs) Green light. You want to you want to throw yourself down and do a pratfall on stage? Cool. You want to do this? Great. Amazing. You want to like pull off a wig? Oh, great. Go for it. And I was like, what sort of magical land have I entered? Where they they're greenlighting all of my jokes? This is amazing. And they were like, welcome to camp, baby. Welcome to a show that makes fun of itself. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, no, it's, it's it's very fun. And so I will say there are three numbers that are not in the uh in the in the film that they added for the stage show so obviously we said they added evil woman because yeah mm-hmm. you got you got to give uh those evil muses who they've now sort of turned into the antagonists you got to give them a number you got to give them a song um mm-hmm. we got strange magic which is a- another number for them uh yeah but which is another yellow hit um, which you got to throw and a in beautiful there. moment that i feel like was missing from the movie of like where you actually see Kira and Sunny like for real falling in love yeah. rather than like it just being like well now they're here yeah 
Like, you see that <laughs> yeah. she genuinely cares for him. Well, yeah, because right, they even acknowledge that in the stage show where Sonny's like, um, yeah, I feel like I fell in love with you way too quickly. <laughs> like, that shouldn't <laughs> have happened. <laughs> right. Um, and then they add, of course, the Olivia Newton-John hit, Have You Never Been Mellow, which the, mm-hmm. which the, which yeah. near the end of the, which is the way that they oh, win over. Oh, that's work for me. Song song. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I yeah. thought it was an ELO. Yeah, no, it's a John Farrar song written for Livy Newton-John. Um, that, yeah, they. Livy uh, Newton-John Farrar. <sighs> Olivia. <laughs> that was their team. Olivia, Newton-John, Big Newton. Farrar. <laughs> <laughs> very good um i don't know whatever um i will i do <laughs> want to say and i will say i it's it was fascinating reading the script and because you know like i said this is like they say in the script this is children's theater for 40 year old gay people mm-hmm. um but what i think they really mean is I, this is children's theater for 40 year old cis gay white men um this yeah. is th- there is something that part there is something that I was like reading the script and like listening to this where I was just like, I feel like so much of the humor, there's like stuff where all the muses are like true that. And then Kira says word. There's the moment where mm-hmm. like Hermes is like, bitch, I don't know your life. There's, I mean, there is obviously the this, casting of Cheyenne Jackson, the casting I mean, you know. of right. Jackson. But I feel, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I feel like there is this like, imb- they were like, like, what eye candy can we throw up there? Cheyenne, exactly. what are you doing? Like, I feel like there is already, and this, now he's a 40 year old gay there, man. Well, there you go. There is already this like terrible, Terribly embedded sort of like cis white gay culture isn't a, a like an appropriation yes. of of black female of female black culture, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there's just a lot of that running through this show, um, which I don't know I how, how I feel about it. No, 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 I absolutely agree, and I think it the cool thing about like post Broadway yes. when like the cast was a majority white and they had like a couple white music. I think Terpsichore was meant to be black because it was like the muse of dance which i already had feelings about mm-hmm. um and then um yeah it just like it was not wasn't very you know wasn't very diverse or reflective of the world we live mm-hmm. in um as far as their the obc but then the productions i have seen since or like looked yeah. up are so like queer and like BPOC represented it and I'm like yes 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 which is hilarious to me that like it has it does have that like rhetoric in it because I was like yes this makes sense now that like like the, the I am here and like we have I <laughs> yes. have a cast that I had and like it was just really it was BOC everywhere and like queer queer folk everywhere and then someone came up to me um who was not like so this I did this my senior year at um Columbia sure and someone in the Chicago theater community came to the show and who was not really like a friend, just like an acquaintance sure. and said, Oh my God, I was so happy to see that they colorblind cast you. And I was oh, like, no. it's like, huh? And he's like, I just, it's so cool that they did that. Like, it's so, it's so cool. I mean, like, and that they didn't even put you in a blonde wig. And I was like, Oh no. Oh, no. Yikes. Oh. I was like, Kira's, Kira's not a person. This isn't a history play. Yes. Like, she's quite literally not actually a human. So I was like, what's happening here? Ah. So he's just like, smile and nod, smile and nod. Like, gotta get away. Because it makes, it would make more sense for the muses and um, Kira and like all of the roles to just be anybody anyway. Yeah. From the 
the script is written. Honestly, which is hilarious. Yeah, there so is. The there fact is... that someone's first thought of like me rolling out the skates was like, yeah, you're not Olivia like, Newton-John. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. How how brave? How brave of this college to do this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Truly. Well, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I think just because of the fluid nature of the of the script and of these characters, like yeah, I I think like there are so many interpretations of the show, like from a from a racial perspective from a gender perspective yeah like there were there was supposed before pre panera bread there was supposed to be uh a tour of this show with uh ginger minge and jinx monsoon from rupaul's drag race uh, oh you know what i did know that because it's wasn't it it was this year 2020 it was this it was like in the beginning of 2020 it was supposed Sorry, to be this year. it was it's supposed to be yeah it was supposed to be september 2019 and uh, it was canceled just because of low ticket sales, uh, unfortunately. Um, Which is so crazy because yeah. I'm like, I just feel like they would have ate that yeah. up. Oh, like yeah. that would have been amazing. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, just like I think it is just like it is a literal playground of a musical. Like you, you do can whatever do the anything. fuck you want. Yeah, and there's so few scripts that are like that that are not like being monitored by these you know weird people who have like the rights being like no i need this person to play this role and so like why not just take the shit and run with it like (laughs) everywhere yeah absolutely um but yeah no i do i do like the sort of the self-referential nature of the thing yeah i I do like i know there's some insightful commentary about art how the way that they're gonna try and like stop in in don't walk away which is no Mm -hmm. longer a don bluth animated number but it is it more it makes more dramaturgical sense it is literally sunny singing to kira to not walk away um but then yeah uh the two evil muses are trying to like trick danny by giving him money to turn the theater into condos, a thing that has never happened in the city of Chicago. Let me tell you that. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, never, not oh, once. Oh, I sad. know. I it, it hey, Bran, it is very sad. Sad. <laughs> it's too fucking sad. Um, uh, I remember this uh, Tony performance of this song. Yes, yes. 2007 was. I was like, whoa. The th- guy from 30 Rock, Cheyenne Jackson. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Well, well, Jane Krakowski was supposed to be Kira. Oh wow! Yeah, but she couldn't. You're do- lying because she was in Starlight Express, right? She was. Maybe. What's her name? That sounds right. She was. I'm not yeah, saying you're wrong. Totally I just was. don't remember. Uh- Why are you calling me a liar? <laughs> on this podcast? It's like a lot, a lot's happening, but I thought we move past this. I know. I'm sorry. How dare I? Um, no. How dare you? How dare you bring? This. Bring it oh, back to Starlight Express. Starlight Express. I know you, but you no, know what? yeah, but because Justice. Starlight Express. Uh, but no, but yeah, because of uh, because of Thirty Rocks, uh, she wasn't able to do it. Uh, but that Carrie Butler's great. She's very funny. Um, was no. this her first big? Um, I you know, think so, right? She, yeah, she was. She, or was it? Fl- she was well, Penny. Don't catch me if you- she was Penny Pink. No, Catch Me If You Can was after this. Uh, okay. She was Penny Pingleton in. Uh, uh hairspray a few years okay. before this okay um but the obc the OB- yes the obc oh. yes um i don't know i will say this know. was uh just skipping ahead this was a wild year at the tony awards uh for this show um this so everyone thought so the four nominees for best musical uh were 
uh, Xanadu was nominated for Best Musical, which is kind of wild that it was... It was it opened, like, the, Jul- the June or July before, and it was still... It was able to run, like, quite a while. Like, at, le- at least for a musical theater adaptation of Xanadu. It was able to sure. run quite hey, a escapism bit. Escapism goes far sometimes, though. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's a good night of, like, theater and escapism. Well, you and, know, like, I'll say, yeah, this opens the audience. You know, this opens... People love ELO. This opens the year after Spring Awakening and Grey Gardens. People were like... I need a break. I exactly. need a, I need a break from my brain for ninety minutes, please. Exactly. Plus, what a great tourist trap because tourists come to New York and they want to see what they know. So you bring your grandparents to see a Broadway show. They're yeah. going to be like, "Oh my god, I know Santa." I've heard of that. Yeah. No, yeah. they're going to go to Cats and Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. But anyway, oh my god. but anyway, no. So you got Xanadu. Uh, you got Cry Baby, which we'll, we'll, we, oh, we, yeah. we will cover. Another good one. Yeah. Um. You got my favorite, my 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 diehard, Passing Strange. Oh uh, yeah, was nominated oh. this year, and then of course the winner, Man, what a good score. the winner in the Heights. Uh, yeah. So this was a bananas year. year. Oh, tough competition. I know, and and everyone, you know, Xanadu, it won the Drama Desk Award for Best Book, and everyone thought Douglas Carter Bean. They, they were like, okay, well, you gotta give Xanadu something. Um, so like, we're gonna give the Tony to, to that, right? Like, because the, the, it's so funny, like how wild that Douglas Carter Bean was able to adapt it. But no, 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 my friends, they deserve. Right. They gave it in to, the high. No, 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 Stu. They gave it to Stu for Passing Strange. Oh. Mm-hmm. Deservedly so. Hell yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, love that show. They, we will never cover it because it's not based on anything. Nope. Love that musical so fucking much. Um, oh yeah, Passing Strange is a great one. It's... Maybe they'll make a movie someday. The, I mean, they... maybe they will. We... I'd like to see more productions of it. I know. That's yeah. all I want. I really. Would love to. Well, there there is the Spike Lee filmed the stage show, oh, so sure. like you can watch like the That's Broadway right. production of it. But yeah, there. Are, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they'll make. Which it. also more of that, please. Yeah. More accessibility, mm-hmm. please. I know. I wish. I wish I could have watched like a filmed stage production of this. Like obviously, obviously there is so much to gain for. Like it's it's hard to do like an out out and out like comedy. As, do you want to watch like, mine? Yeah. You want me to? You made a we transfer it to you. <laughs> Don't don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna see me on skates throwing glitter. Yes. Praying, don't fall, Ty, don't fall. Samuel French, don't listen. <laughs> MTM or whatever the other one is, MTM. don't listen. <laughs> MTM. Whoever you are, MTI. MTI, that's MTI. the one. MTI. MTM is this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. There you MTI, go. don't listen. Uh what yeah, well, yeah, who knows? Um what else what else? Uh <laughs> What else to say about the show? Oh, I like that the leg warmers saved Clio from being cursed because, uh, like the the arrow was supposed to hit her ankle, but like because of like the whole like yeah, the leg warmers right. saved her. Very st- silly. I, what is it? I like um, when she goes, "I'm free." <laughs> yeah, and rips them right. off. <laughs> what's that? Oh my god, what's that term in Greek plays? The um, de- de- Deus ex machina. Ex machina. Yes. Yes. De- yes, it is a That's- Deus ex leg warmer. Yes, yes. it's the legs or it's the leg warmers. Mm-hmm. Deus ex leg warmer. Um, or leg warmer <laughs> ex machina. I don't know. What? Yeah, Latin. leg warmer ex machina sounds know. Latin. Um, I do like the stage direction that during the final number about sixty mirror balls descend. Yeah. Um, hope you got that in your budget. I like the flexibility there. Yeah. About, <laughs> yeah. 60. about sixty. About sixty. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything? Any other sort of final thoughts on on Xanadu? It's just, it's a wild, it's a wild show. I think 
in a wild movie, but I really want more people to produce it because I'm like, you can just have so much fun and do it for so little money and just have a great time on stage. I mean, it's got pratfalls. It's got Australian accents. It's got just like people kind of running around in sparkly costumes. Like what else could you want from musical theater? And I think just the, the you want depth, (laughs) you want tears. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. That's insane. No, no, never. No. And I think, again, like, I'll just say again, like, I think the, the general goal of the project to take something that doesn't have cultural cash, well, doesn't have mainstream popular sure. cultural cachet and to try and make mm-hmm. something new out of it. I think that is to be applauded. I think Absolutely. it's one of the best book adaptations we have covered. Yes. Like straight up. Absolutely. I what? don't personally care for the music direction because I think sure. in a lot of times when, especially when they take like really iconic, like rock and, and uh, from this era and put it through the like musical theater filter, it just ends up losing a lot of the oomph. Yeah. That I feel like it has originally. Yeah, the, the original um, orchestrations, like just from the movie soundtrack, so good for sure. Yeah, there and is... I love all the like synthesizer and the weird vocoder stuff. I, I do mean, like, put yeah. it on stage. Yes. Why not? I do like that. Two of the muses are in the pits. They're like, yeah, like, yeah. You, what do you mean nine? Oh, don't you notice our sisters sitting in the bands? Uh, that's so pretty good. Funny. That's yes. pretty funny. Um, I also had acknowledged that it took a different route than a lot of movie musicals in general, because isn't it usually like jukebox or like or album? And then you get the musical like Mamma Mia, for example, like album, musical, then movie or Rock of Ages, too. You have the journey music, you have the musical and then you have the movie. And so I feel like to take the album then make a movie, then make the musical was such a different route for was it and to still be successful. Well, was it well, what actually what did the the movie it was the movie and then the album, right? The album I think, well, simultaneous. But the ELO yeah. music was oh, already. Sure, out. sure, sure. Yeah. Well, no, they wrote these songs for this for movie. The, oh, okay, except okay, okay. for Evil Woman. In the musical, obviously, oh, but the ones okay. I think the ones in the movie were were yeah, written were, and yeah, released most, yeah, for pretty, the film. Yes, they were written for the movie, but then yeah, they sort of just like took on a life of their own, like right. uh, outside of the universe of the film. Uh, but no, I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely still, still absolutely right. It, it is a very unique journey that this this property went on. Right, like, could you imagine Greece coming out as a movie first and then them turning it into the musical? Like, I would be like, what is <laughs> yeah. happening? Oh, my God. Well, it's a, a lot of people think that's what happened. A lot of people think mm-hmm. the movie came first. That's so funny to me. Which, yeah, it was, it was like, absolutely not. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Or like, what is it? Mamma Mia, Rock of Ages. What are other movie musicals? Like, just well, so many. you know. The whole, the entirety of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the entirety of this podcast. Um, well, isn't the one that did, though, was the... No, no, I'm lying. I was just going to say... Why um, would you lie? Why? Don't bring lies because into I'm this a room! Liar. I'm a liar! Well, okay. Well, speaking speaking of uh, the films that we don't... Like, me, so... I'm not even going to make a good segue. I'm just going to... Yeah, like, okay. Who gives a shit? I'm going to dive right into it. Tyler Simone, at the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, we, out, we ask our esteemed guest a very important question. So, Tyler... If you could adapt a movie into a musical that has not already been adapted, what movie would you choose? My best friend's wedding. G- great. Off the, out of the gate, strong. Great. Yeah. Great. My favorite movie. It's my uh, favorite movie. Great. Yeah, elaborate. 
Yeah, okay, so it's my favorite movie, one. I just think, like, the character dynamics, so good. First of all, I was watching this movie as, like, a very existential, like, eight-year-old, just, like, <laughs> wow. Like, Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. just like living for the drama like parents definitely were probably like yeah she's gonna do something dramatic <laughs> so I'm like sobbing at this movie and it's like not even a sad ending like she fully like doesn't get the guy but like has her best friend and stuff at the end but I was like wow like I am Julia Roberts imagine like an, an eight-year-old sure. tiny Tyler being like I'm Julia Roberts and like as, like as I get older and I show more friends this movie they're like Tyler you're Kimmy like what the hell do you mean you're like bright sunny ass like they're like you're Cameron Diaz. What's going on? And I'm like, okay, just let me be Julia Roberts. Um, but <laughs> I think that one, two great roles for women. Um, yeah. I I usually, you know, I don't love to pitch a musical that's like about a man and like doesn't pass the Bechdel test. However, <laughs> I think okay. I think it could work. I think it could be seen with new eyes. Okay. I think um I love. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's some there's some great casting ideas that could mm-hmm, go in this. Mm-hmm. And the who, you know, what is it? What movie flopped that they made or or musical flop that they made um around the same time? Uh Richard Gere, uh was it Pretty, other woman? Than, Pretty woman? Yes, the other <laughs> sure. Julie Roberts. Yes. So like <laughs> after that, when they announced at first they were turning that into a musical, I was like, that over my best friend's wedding? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) What's happening? I just feel like had they chosen correctly the first time, we may have another hit in our hands. Well, I will say, so, okay, (laughs) a a few things. First of all, great answer. Good work. Um, Thank thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Um, So I will say, uh, so this is, of course, 1997's My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, Which is hilarious, that's the year I was born. So again, why was I watching this? <laughs> oh my god, you make me feel so fucking old. How dare you? Uh, you are. <laughs> fine. I still love you. Um, d- love you too. Uh, directed by PJ Hogan, and his previous film, Muriel's Wedding, has mm-hmm. already been adapted into a musical. Um, so this is not new for his material. So this could okay. absolutely happen. The most important question... Of course, because this is actually something that's come up in a few episodes where, for example, High Fidelity famously ends with Stevie Wonder's Let's Get It On. But mm-hmm. they, but for the musical adaptation, they replace it with a uh, Stevie Wonder Let's Get It On sound alike, if you yeah. will. Um, and in Little Miss Sunshine, they do not end with Super Freak like they do in the film. They replace right. it with the uh, equally wonderful Shake Your Badonka Donk. Shake Your Badonka Donk. Of course. Um, <laughs> Everyone's so, favorite. So, of hit. course, the question is Tyler, would you keep. I say a little prayer for you, or would you try to write a song that approximates that song's energy? Mm, I think we gotta keep say a little prayer. Sure. I think we gotta keep. I think we gotta pay sure. for the rights. Gotcha. Great. I think it's iconic. And then I also need the opening number of the wishing and hoping and thinking mm-hmm. and praying. Like, I need that too. Gotcha. Like, that's they're just, it's just. And, but the, it, and again, also, would it be would it be a jukebox musical or would you want like a team writing songs for this thing? Ooh, I think it needs its own score. Cool, cool. I haven't heard, Wait. there's not an artist yet <laughs> or an album that I have heard that I'm like, hmm. Because it can't be like, you know, Sarah Bareilles. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit the vibe, sure. you know, but it's gotta be something broody. Maybe, maybe like a new, isn't Ingrid Michaelson writing the notebook music? She sure is, It's yeah. not jukebox. Oh like she, like she could collab with another <laughs> femme artist. Sure. Olivia, and- Olivia Rodrigo, why not? <laughs> 
She's, yeah. she's in the news recently. <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. Honestly, she could write, like, little girl can write some music. She's 17, and she can, she's feeling something. I'm like, baby girl, what were you going through? I mean, clearly what I was going through when I was eight, but, like, I, I just, I want to know. Um, yeah. I don't know. Great. But yeah, no, but you are going to keep the Baccarat Estate We're gonna happy keep the, by yeah. keeping Salem We're going to keep Salem the Baccarat Estate happy, but we're going to write some new music. Um, both, all, all leads will be either non, when I'm producing the show, clearly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> will either be non-white or non-straight people because right. we need, we need less of, you know, that on the B way. We do, we do, we um, do. And you could twist yeah, it up. Like, she could marry her best friend at the end. She could. Well, that, I guess she, she could. Or she could marry, maybe she could Who steal, pl- just she could steal Cameron Diaz and they just go off together. That, mm. That's another Again, one. Again, only doing this adaptation if you're going to say something new. That's what you're saying. That's if you're saying new. something new, exactly. There we go. Uh, I love it. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. Um, it's a good Tyler, answer. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. Thank it means you. the world. Well, ha- where, what do you want to plug? Where can people oh, find God. you? Oh my God. Well, no, people can find me. Um, watch my vlog, my beauty, my beauty vlog, Tipsy Tea on YouTube. I have taken a hiatus in posting because I'm moving and sure. uh, have been doing all of the things, but I will be back to posting next month in Hell peak yeah. Gemini season. So yeah. if you like, you know, what? watching someone get drunk and do their makeup and talk about social political issues mm-hmm. here. Tune into your girl. Genuinely, genuinely love that. Um, great. Um, we'll have links for that below. And I don't know if you have any like social media that you want people to follow you on. Should people follow you on TikTok? Do you want this? Oh my god, yes. I love <laughs> we love the TikTok followers. Um, I think all of my socials are at the Tyler Simone. Great. The we'll, Tyler Simone. We'll post them. They'll be in the link. Clearly needed a title. <laughs> the. It's like how it's Megan the Stallion. Um, <laughs> sure. The the Tyler Simone. Yeah, you're the only just one. one E though, or you got two E's also. Just one E. Ugh, I'm not cool enough You'll for the, work second, up e. To the second E. I haven't You'll earned it yet. Maybe once a third. I get, yeah, once I get like knees like her, then I'll earn the second E. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm perfect, Tyler. You're great. You are indeed America's sweetheart. I'm always rooting for you. Um, oh, I know appreciate that. it, Benny. It's on the record. You too. Oh, you're the best. It's on the record. Um, he couldn't on... go on the record being mean like mm. he usually is. I know. That's for later. That's for later. That's for um, later. Thank you, Tyler. Sexy. Oh, I want to thank Brand Moorhead for producing and editing, editing this show. I want to thank <laughs> everyone for listening. Uh, you're all doing such a great job, and I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kickoff theme song. Be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for future episodes. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter, at Movie the Musical. And if you want to support the podcast, get some sweet bonus content, go to patreon.com slash musical. Consider becoming a monthly member. We've just covered uh, some Rodgers and Hammerstein films. Uh, they've been a hoot and a half. Um, so give those a listen. A hoot and a holler. A hoot and a holler. <laughs> um, keep on singing. Uh, Brand, can you put in like one of those like... Yeah, just, and that's going to go in right... <laughs>